and welcome to Disseminate, the Computer Science Research Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Wardby. This is episode nine of our Sigmod 2022 series, and I'm delighted to say I'm joined today by Tobias Siegler, who will be talking about his paper, ScaleStore, a fast and cost-efficient storage engine using DRAM, NVMe, and RDMA. Tobias is a PhD student at the Technical University of Darmstadt, and his research interests are distributed systems, with a focus on fast networks. Tobias, thanks for joining us on the show. Let's dive straight in. What is ScaleStore? Yeah, as you mentioned, ScaleStore is a distributed storage engine which exploits DRAM, NVMe, meaning flash, and RDMA. And I think the, the questions which is most interesting is why do, do we chose those three technologies? And when we look at the price development of the last 20 years, we can see that uh, DRAM is actually not getting cheaper anymore. In fact, it's stagnating. The prices are not getting cheaper, but in contrast, flash is getting cheaper and cheaper. So there's quite an economical incentive to store cold data on flash. And that is actually what recent papers suggested. There are many single node systems, such as LeanStore or Umbra, which do exactly this. They use fast DRAM latencies and basically a big cold data to flash storage. And the reason why we also use RDMA is the following, because when the working set continues to grow, at some point it spills to SSD. And the SSD latencies are not terrible for cold data, but in fact, they are very bad for hot data. And performance will drop by two orders of magnitude. And RDMA is a fast network, which is remote direct memory access, and it allows to access remote memory almost as it would be our own local memory with very fast latencies in the range of single-digit microseconds. So there's an opportunity to basically distribute your hot set on multiple nodes and access them with RDMA, and then you have much lower latency compared to when reading from SSD. But you still want to be able to, to basically evict cold on unused data from, from expensive DRAM to flash SSDs. And when we are in a distributed systems, I think what is special about ScaleStore is that we have a caching protocol or coherence protocol to keep data consistent. Can you elaborate on how ScaleStore solves the problems you just mentioned? Maybe talk a little bit more about its caching protocol. Yeah, so I think what ScaleStore mainly focuses is uh, the fact that we don't need to keep all data in memory, but we can access remote data via the caching protocol. And the caching protocol allows us to, for instance, if we have now, you have a page and I have a page, just an ordinary paper page. And instead of telling you what I need to do on your page, we can just go to Google Drive, right? It's a similar metaphor with Scaleforall. The caching protocol allows us to keep data coherent and we can work on the same time at our piece of paper, or in our case now, all the data. And I think what that helps us is to dynamically adapt workload or adapt the data placement to the workload, meaning that if I access certain pages very often and you access certain pages very often, we both have them in the DRAM. But the problem is now when you want to make an update, then somehow I need to know when you want to do this update to keep data consistent. That's basically the main gist, I would say. How does ScaleStore handle these concurrent updates where two people want to update the same page? Yeah, so in general, we have this directory-based caching protocol, meaning that all of the nodes are directories or have information about some of the pages. And with this information, we mean 
who does currently store the page in their memory. And they are called owner in our case. So if, if I'm the directory of page one and you have the page currently in your, in your memory, then I track that you are the owner of my page. And there are two different um, like ownership modes. One is shared ownership and one is exclusive ownership, meaning with shared, we can have the page both at the same time in the memory, but we are only allowed to read it. And then if you have it exclusive, then you tell the directory that you want it exclusive and then you get it granted. And then you can modify the page without any interference of other nodes because you have it exclusive. And there's a special case where we kind of, yeah, when we need to deal kind of um, in a robust fashion with concurrent updates is when we have a very hot page and we all want to update this. And this is solved by anticipatory chaining. So how does anticipatory chaining work? And did you consider any other ways of dealing with concurrent updates to hot pages? So imagine we have five nodes and we have one page which is very hot and needs to be modified by all of the five nodes. And then we have one directory which is responsible for this page. And the very naive solution would be busy polling, right? We all five nodes, we go to the directory and say, hey, we want to modify this page exclusively. But then only one of us can actually win because we want to all have it exclusive. And that would be bad because we need to send many, many messages actually. And the people who, or the nodes who didn't get the page, they need to retry, meaning they send even more messages. But we know from the fact that we want exclusive access that eventually only one can win. Not all of them can win at the same time. So the next better solution would be to have a queue on the directory, but um, and order the request and the order they arrive. But that actually still has a lot of messages and we can do better. And our solution is anticipatory chaining. So we designed our protocol to support this feature. And the feature is maybe a bit hard to explain without visuals, but the intention is that if all of us nodes want to have the page, for instance, you check and me, we want to have the same page from, <laughs> from the directory. Then you yeah. go to the directory and you get the page. And instead of me going to the directory, I immediately wait at at your place to kind of hand over the page. It's a bit like a relay race where the page is handed over from node to node to node without any additional messages once we know that um, where the page is initially stored. So we anticipate our the owner, which is before ourselves. Kind of a bit difficult to explain uh, without visuals, but in essence, we have a chain of dependencies of all five nodes and then the page is handed from node to node to node. So over time, pages get cached and the workload might change and the DRAM buffers fill up. How does Scale Store handle cache eviction? Yeah, so in a normal single node buffer management or storage engine, you would just need to find pages you don't want anymore and write them to SSD. But since we're distributed, we have only one location where we can write pages to, and this is on a directory, meaning that our Eviction protocol needs to be very closely or work in concert with our caching protocol itself because we then need to tell the directory that we actually don't have a copy anymore and send it back to the directory and then it's eventually written to SSD. And to make this efficient, we have an epoch-based LRU approximation. And in that, we decouple the tracking of the access times from the eviction itself, meaning that the worker, they track the access time. So when have we accessed the page recently? And there are dedicated threads, the page provider, which do the eviction to SSD. And they also not only write to SSD, but they also contact directories of pages, which we 
I'm not the directory itself, and then uh, handle the protocol details with the page provider on the directory to send the page over and then let it write to SSD. And I think the key points here are that we have this mechanism to track the hotness of pages um, efficiently, where we have e where we use epochs instead of updating a counter or like the timestamp every time we access the page. We we kind of um, yeah we kind of do it only once in a time, and then the page provider samples over the hash table, which is essentially randomly and evicts the coldest X percent it can find in this given sample. As a user, how do I interact with ScaleStore? That's a good question. So first, what we get as a user is that we can kind of, we have everything transparently, meaning that ScaleStore will deal with caching to get the best performance and also a big cold data to SSD. And how we interact this is currently as a library and there are, the interface is currently page guards. It's similar to log guards because we can, if we want to modify a page, we can basically specify what we want to do with it. For instance, we only want to read it. Then there is page guards, which you have shared or optimistic accesses, or we want to modify it and then we have an exclusive access. And what this allows is, for instance, if you have a root node or a root page, basically if you have a B-tree and our data is organized in pages and every page is a node in this B-tree, then we can get the node ID of the root or the page ID, I should say, of the root. And then we can basically instantiate such a page guard with a reading only thing with the page ID of the root. And then we can traverse from there. And once the page guards are destroyed, everything is basically um, unlatched and everything is ensured that the protocol can, can still continue without having to deal with unlatching and everything by hand. It's actually quite easy to use. So how did you go about evaluating ScaleStore? What did you compare it against? Um, what were the key results from your evaluation? Yeah, I think we had three parts in our evaluation. And we first showed the characteristics of ScaleStore itself. So we first showed how does ScaleStore actually scale with an um, increasing number of servers? And then next we showed um, how do we handle larger data or ever-growing data sets with different kind of localities. And there we can clearly see that um, we can, in fact, evict data to SSD, which is unused. And locality is very beneficial for this because um, we can keep the hot set, which is then only a fraction of the complete data in the memory and evict all data to cost-efficient SSDs. And the third point of our evaluation consisted of um, a system comparison for different settings because Gaysor can be used for single node and distributed. So we, we first compared against in-memory only systems, and there we use just a simple B-tree, which is in-memory only. And compared against scales, then obviously we can see that there's some uh, overhead due to the uh, uh, tracking of locations, meaning is the page in memory or is it on SSD? And then we compared against out-of-memory or in an out-of-memory used case against LeanStore, which is a recent high-performance storage engine for single nodes. And we are on par with LeanStore, and then we finally compared in a distributed setting against highly optimized in-memory engines. Because there is not such a system as ScaleStore, so we couldn't really compare in a, in a fair manner, but we compared against Farm and NumDB, which are only in-memory distributed systems. And we, yeah, the key results, I would say, are, are from that, that locality is very beneficial from ScaleStore. Uh, and this is actually not uncommon in databases, so you have often, you access the most recent tuples or something else. And then that anticipatory chaining, the protocol makes it very robust against uh, write skew. 
for instance, when we remember ourselves to the previous example where the five nodes accessed the same page, there we are quite robust compared to our competitors. You said there that scale store is pretty unique in that there is no other system quite like it. But are there any situations in which it performs poorly or is maybe the wrong choice? Yeah. So maybe I wouldn't say poor, <laughs> but not <laughs> optimal in the sense that, yeah. for instance, if we only have in-memory data, then we add some overhead because we have this hash table translation where we need to translate page IDs to the in-memory objects. Whereas a complete in-memory database can access like via pointer or via RDMA directly the data. So we, we can see this in the evaluation when we have a random workload where, where we have no locality and we compare against the in-memory systems as farm, which is highly optimized. We can see that farm is, is faster in this setting, but then we, we get better with more locality and then outperform it because we can use local DRAP performance. But if you only have memory which fits in memory and is not expect to grow and you don't have really cold data but only working set, then I think you should opt for a highly optimized in-memory database systems, which is distributed. And awesome. I think for workloads, random workloads are not optimal because we, we profit from the fact that we can cache in DRAM. But if we need to access a lot of data over the network, we have um, higher or larger network transfer latencies because we organize data in four kilobyte pages. And this is actually also the unit we send over the network compared to other distributed in-memory systems, which only need to send the tuples. So usually the tuples are much smaller compared to four kilobyte. But therefore, we have a higher latency cost, I would say. Where do you see this research having the biggest impact? Who do you think will find Scale Store useful and who are the results most relevant for? Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, I hope that everyone finds it useful <laughs> thinking about building a distributed systems, which has capability to cache and evict. But um, a more realistic assessment would be that currently since Scalestore uses RDMA, I think not many groups in the world and can actually use it. And for industry, that's actually the same because RDMA is not really broadly or spread in industry. And also when you look at the cloud, actually only one of the top or from the top three cloud vendors, only Microsoft Azure even offers RDMA. Right. So that, that kind of limited use currently, but of course we can adapt the protocol to handle arbitrary networks, but they have then different characteristics. For instance, Ethernet has much higher latency, so it would be beneficial to read from SSD instead from the remote nodes and so on. So you can definitely build a system which kind of takes the latencies as an input and behaves then in a smarter way. Currently, everything is kind of optimized for RDMA. So what was the most interesting or maybe unexpected lesson that you learned while building ScaleStore? So I think that one of the key findings we had is that caching is really key for good performance. Even though the network is getting faster and faster, they are still orders of magnitude away from DRAM latencies. And that's not really surprising. But compared to, or basically a recent trend is that you decouple databases, for instance, NumDB, which access then every data item over the network. And that is actually, yeah, much slower if you, so you would need to use caching additionally to really be on par with distributed or highly optimized systems. And eviction is from the cost perspective, very beneficial. And I would say one of the properties which scales is really good is at, um, if you have hot read skew, 
because then we can replicate driven by the workload dynamically the, the hot pages on all the nodes, which allows us to kind of really leverage the performance in read, read-only workloads. And other systems struggle with that when we do not intervene manually. For instance, like the typical architecture previously was static partitioning or sharding. And if we, then we need to use or we need to know the queries and the workload beforehand. And then we can partition it cleverly and the hot items we can replicate by hand, but it is not automatically and done at runtime. So whilst we're on this, this line of thinking, progress uh, in research is sort of nonlinear, right? So from, from the conception of the idea to the, to the end product, the end goal, were there things that you tried that failed? What were the dead ends that you ran into that other people could benefit, benefit from knowing about so they don't make the same mistakes? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think what is really beneficial is doing micro experiments first. So what we evaluated first was directory based protocol versus a snooping based uh, protocol where we kind of listen on all messages and need to broadcast this to every uh, participant of our cluster. But this obviously, or not obviously, but this didn't scale so well as the directory based alternative. So that was definitely one thing where we where we kind of won some time because we didn't build the full system, but first some micro experiments. And in general, I think distributed program is very hard in itself and handling all the edge cases is very, very time consuming. In addition, if you build such a system, which has many interactions with different components, like the page provider, the message handler, the hash table, the protocol itself, that's quite challenging also from the performance tuning point of view. And then, I mean, additionally, using RDMA and Flash is not trivial as well. They have many strange behaviors sometimes, and, and it's actually quite hard to use. So what do you have planned next for, for Skillstore and for future research? Yeah, that's actually a good question because, so I will be finishing up soon, but the vision is kind of building a distributed OTP system in a cloud because many cloud-native OTP systems are still primary secondary architecture. Mm-hmm. And the question is, why is that actually the case? Because many of the current production-ready databases are still primary secondary, and we think it's because of they were invented in the era of slow networks, where the network was the main bottleneck. And in research, there are actually many proposals which, which kind of have different ideas how to build distributed OTP databases. And I think there are many open questions. For instance, there's no verdict which is better on for instance, um, sending compute to data or data to compute. So basically, mm-hmm. if you kind of partition and then you have a query and then you can kind of split down the query into multiple chunks and send it to all the participants, that is sending compute to data. And the other thing as scale store is we kind of fetch the data. And this has then implications on other components, for instance, two-phase commit. If you send compute to data, you need two-phase commit, but actually if you get the data yourself, you don't need two-phase commit because only one node is involved in the transaction and it can get all the data, so you don't need two-phase commit. So I think the foundation with Gailstore is that we want to build, or it's basically Gailstore is the foundation for our distributed OTV system, which we want to build in future. And I think there are many, many, many open questions. For instance, how one designs a concurrency control scheme without destroying the scalability of Gailstore? That is not as as easy. What attracted you to this research area? And I know we just touched on it a little bit in the previous question, but what do you think is the biggest challenge in this area now? Yeah, that's a good question. I think the biggest challenge in this area has really come up with a 
OLTP systems, which scales well, and with the new technologies such as fast networks. And what attracted me was actually the fact that network accesses are so fast now. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. When we think of TCP IV or something, which we know as a like normal user, and now we have RDMA, which is in the single digit microsecond range. That is quite, quite unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And building distributed um, systems with RDMA is actually interesting because usually one provides, if you build a system, right, you, you kind of know your bottlenecks. For instance, the network has always been the bottleneck. And now that's not the case anymore. So you often need to adapt the whole design of the system to change it. And do new bottlenecks will be revealed because the old bottleneck, which was known, is not the, the bottleneck anymore. And then it's quite interesting to design such a new system because you have different, very different properties. If the network's no longer the bottleneck, what is the new bottleneck? Yeah, I think maybe it's a bit um, an overstatement to say the bottleneck is not, or the network is not a bottleneck because for OTP, that's actually still mostly true. It's, it's much faster and you can have different design choices. For instance, shipping data over the network is now actually a design choice, which you can really consider. Previously, that's not the case. And for analytical databases, I think that's true already that the bottleneck is not anymore the network. For instance, uh, Snowflake uses a completely disaggregated architecture where they read everything over network. And I think what is challenging, and I think um, your next guest will talk about it, is <laughs> that you have many accelerators in different places in the network and you need to employ caching very clever to kind of get the best performance of all these accelerators which are distributed over a network and maybe even in the switch and what else. I mean, that's, I think that is, that is very challenging. So it's time for the last word now. What's the one key thing you want listeners to take away from your research? So the one key thing is that ScaleStore is a building block for distributed systems. I think that's the main, main key thing. Fantastic. And we will end it there. Thanks so much, Tobias. Um, if you are interested in knowing more about Tobias's work, we will put all the links to the paper and all the other relevant materials in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening and we will see you next time.